Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 262nd ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the MSP studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? Doing great, Cameron. Uh, I was watching a lot of football this past weekend. I would hope so. Uh, the Chiefs lost. Yikes. Last week. Um, but it's okay. It, is it? it? Yeah, I think it is. So the Chiefs, man. Chiefs fans out there, I how think you feeling? I think it's funny. Like I was just thinking about the difference between, like, I'm a big fan of Chiefs. I'm a big fan of Mizzou. Mm. But the way that I watch those games is so totally different. Yeah. And, like, my reactions to the occurrences in the game are so totally different. Like, the Chiefs could lose, like, two or three games in a row. And, like, I'll just be like, it's fine. Yeah. And we've got Patrick Mahomes. Like, yeah. we got Andy Reid. They'll figure it out. They always do. And just get to the playoffs and we'll be fine. And watching the Mizzou game, it's like everything is awful. Like literally every play, if if one single play goes, not even a whole game, one single play goes wrong. I'm like, it's over. Season's over. Everything sucks. It's almost like one of those teams has built up goodwill in the fan base by, uh, you know, winning games and winning championships and taking, you know, there's one regime that has taken this program to new heights and then there's another one that hasn't done any of that in recent memory and so the fan base has no trust built up that could have something to do with it is there that much trust with the chiefs to where like if they're whatever get bounced out of the wild card round is the do you think the fan base is like ah we'll try again next year reconstruct I, some things and try to give it another not shot necessarily no i think um I, I might be a little bit unique with with mm. the Chiefs fandom. Like I've seen Chiefs Twitter, it's a lot like Mizzou Twitter. Oh, I see. Even with how good the Chiefs are, so I I think I might be a unique case there at least uh, a little bit. So it takes you a, it takes a lot for you personally to get to uh, into kind of like a mindset of despair and yeah. like uh, yeah I'm I'm disappointed we started off zero one. Like it's not like yeah. I don't care, but I'm it's like it's much easier for me to just bounce back and be like oh long season we'll yeah. figure it out yeah. You only have to, I mean, you might only have to win eight or nine games to sneak into the playoffs. We'll be fine. True. But with college football, you lose like a couple games and it's like the trajectory of the season is like totally off and you can't make the playoff and all that, you know. Good thing Just, Missouri's 2-0. and Hey, there you go. So we'll talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about this 2-0 and Missouri Tiger football team and uh, that's pretty much all we'll talk about today. Nothing, nothing else going on. So before we get into it all don't forget to subscribe on youtube leave us a review wherever you listen to us and of course you can support us on patreon patreon.com slash missouri sports pod uh tigers are 2-0 for the first time since 2018 kyle that means uh everybody's excited everything's good uh, yeah you know uh, nothing to, nothing to worry about nothing to nothing to complain about at all except it's the exact opposite of that because in those two wins uh missouri has shown no sign of uh, learning from last year's mistakes and the fan base. I can't get over the fact that like before week one, I was thinking everything's fine. Let's not be too critical of these first two games because we just need to see the offense put up some points. We need to see Brady Cook throwing the ball around, show us what he can do a little bit against these inferior opponents. Because I think we unfortunately thought that would happen yeah is the problem exactly chill everybody out a little bit and then we'll see where we are for the kansas state game yep there's no reason to be talking too much about the future and unfortunately after two games the only thing that has happened is at every step of the way we've been reminded what this team is lacking and who the coaches who the coaches and we've been reminded that as far as we can tell at this point, nothing has changed, nothing will change, and Missouri's going to go 6-6 six and six until Coach Drinkwitz is no, no longer the coach. That's kind of... Yep, roll the credits, end of the episode. <laughs> kind of what everybody's feeling like. So uh, let's, let's talk about how we got here. Um, Missouri beats uh, Middle Tennessee. Uh, final score was... Kind of irrelevant. 23-19. 23-19. Monsters Inc., anybody? Yep. 23-19. <laughs> was that the door? Was that? What it's the, like, oh, that's the, the, code, the code for contamination. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> we got 2319. <laughs> um, yeah, one by four points was favored by 20 and a half, 21 points. Yeah, 21. Yeah. Uh, 21 point favorites scored 23 points total. Wow. 23 0 shutout, just like Vegas predicted. Yeah. Um, run through the stats here real quick. Brady Cook, 14 of 19, 200 yards, two touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. Cody Schrader, 23 carries for 84 yards. Pete, eight carries for 51 yards. Luther Burden, uh, I think new career high for game uh, receiving yards, eight receptions for 117 yards for him. The offense, uh, I don't know where to begin here. The The offense looked so conservative. Uh, Brady Cook looked... Uh, rough at times and was not asked to do a whole lot honestly i mean obviously only threw the ball 19 times um where to begin with this offense other than i can't believe how little improvement we've seen so far compared to last year's team yeah i can't believe we're two games in and we're already this mad yeah we we already have this these many bones to pick yeah but I mean, we were frustrated after week one, and it was kind of like, well, you know, FCS team, whatever, they'll figure it out. Uh, they did not figure it out. Week two was worse. Uh, luckily, we won. Um, but I would say, I mean, I guess I'll just, I will just kind of go through it step by step here. But it was, a, it was a step back for the offensive line. Uh, I thought they looked really good in week one. That was kind of like a highlight for me. And week one was like, okay, at least we're gonna probably have some better protection here. Mm-hmm. We were getting like five plus yards to carry may probably more than that honestly in week one uh but they they struggled a little bit more in this uh in this game brady cook uh was getting pressured a lot he doesn't handle pressure well at all he doesn't process very quickly so that's already like kind of an issue um cameron johnson like kind of just thought he'd be a plug and play guy from houston has really struggled so far i kind of think his job might be in jeopardy for this week um they've talked about working in marcellus johnson logan reichert or uh, ej nadoma ogar at right guard um, I don't know if that will actually happen but they've they've talked about how they might kind of shake up the offensive line try and get somebody else in there which is weird that they'll even try that because they won't change anything else in the whole <laughs> right. football team right but they'll after two games they'll they'll fire up the offensive line changes well offensive line has been a pretty go-to uh, area for coach Drinkwitz to tinker with on the offensive side of the ball where he has otherwise been unwilling to make much changes over the years it seems like every year uh cup two or three games into the season he's talking about the offensive line and maybe making changes literally the exact same thing happened last year after the kansas state game and uh if i'm not i might be misremembering but when in his post-game press conference when he said uh talked about switching up things on the offensive line potentially personnel wise I should have said it out loud to somebody, but I thought I would put money on the depth chart. The offensive line on this upcoming depth chart will look exactly the same. I would put money on that because I'm pretty sure the exact same thing happened last year where he said something's got to change on the offensive line. Every position is up for grabs. Every position is a competition this week in practice. And then there were no changes on the depth chart because I can only assume they went back to practice and was like, oh, actually, the five best guys have been out here, but it's just been a struggle. It's kind of like whenever uh, we see a tweet from President Biden and he's like, oh, we got to we got to do this and we got to do that. And I'm like, well, buddy, you're in charge. So exactly. you can make it happen. It's kind of the same energy. It's like we got to make these changes on, on the offensive line and stuff. I'm like, well, you're the coach of the team. Somebody like, figure out who's in charge here and can, let them yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Can, can we can we get some changes around here? Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, It'll probably be just the same exact group that rolls out there for Kansas State. Maybe they make a change if, if things aren't going well. Maybe maybe the distribution of snaps is a little bit different, uh, but the, the depth chart hasn't changed. Uh, I wrote down a couple of things here from the start of the game. Uh, obviously, again, a very slow start for Missouri's offense, um, but the defense came out super strong. So to compare... Um, the first three Middle Tennessee drives combined for 16 yards on 10 plays. So excellent work from the defense right out the gate. Gave 
uh, gave the team every opportunity to put this thing away early. The defense was doing exactly what they needed to do. Missouri's first four drives just weren't much better than what Middle Tennessee was doing. Missouri's first four drives, 21 plays for 70 total yards and three points. Score was 3-0 for a lot of the first half. And it just immediately, three drives in, four drives in, we've got a made field goal and nothing else. Nothing was working. Brady Cook had the deep ball to Burden. Uh, That was the first play after Schrader got a first down. Um, Underthrew him a little bit, but Coach Drink says we never want to overthrow Luther Burden. So, and I watched it back, and that wasn't the worst throw by any means. I mean, I kind of get where they're coming from. You want to give the receiver an opportunity to come back to the ball and go up and get it. And uh, I do feel like this is kind of a classic coach drink thing where if he doesn't catch it, you want the second opportunity there of a pass interference call. Mm -hmm. And I feel like coach drink does that a little bit that annoys me. It would not annoy me at all if they were winning, obviously. But it's one of those things that when things aren't going well, I just want to criticize everything. And the way he thinks about drawing penalties annoys me for some reason like all the like trying to draw the defense off sides and it never working yeah it's like he's looking at the you know the most incredible detail yeah. whenever there's like these huge macro problems going it, on exactly he's like you know i think we could get a slight uh, advantage here if we just practiced throwing the ball not too deep so that maybe we could draw a penalty like okay yeah in theory you're exactly for the, right for the one time they throw a deep ball game yeah exactly so Honestly, Cook's throw there I didn't think was the worst thing ever. Burden had an opportunity to make a play. Doesn't happen. Uh, but the first half, just almost the entire first half, nothing going on for Missouri's offense. Um, Middle Tennessee finally scored a touchdown to take a 7-3 lead in the second quarter. And thankfully, that did wake up Missouri's offense a bit because they scored a touchdown on three consecutive drives uh, the defense only gave up a field goal. So at that point, we're up 23 to 10. And I'm thinking, okay, that was rough for a little while, but we figured something out here. We're scoring touchdowns. This is going to be okay. Um, we could maybe even cover the spread here. And Missouri has the ball with 13 minutes left in the game. We cross midfield, look like we're going to go down here and score, you know, put the nail in the coffin. And we get to fourth down, fourth and one on the middle Tennessee 44-yard line and punt the ball. And that's a play that everybody's been talking about. Coach Drink was asked about it in the post-game press conference. And everybody's upset about it, and rightfully so. I just think, I just completely disagree with that decision. And in that moment, when you are potentially driving to extend you know, you're driving down the field to take off three or four minutes of the game clock potentially. I don't know. It just seemed like such an opportunity with all that momentum. The offense finally putting points up. Let's just keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. I want to make sure I re- reiterate here. We're talking about Missouri getting into opponent territory or at their 44 yard line. Yeah. We're almost in field goal range almost. Yeah. And fourth and one, and you punt the ball like. I'm not even I'm not even gonna dance around it. That's just objectively the wrong decision, yeah. and I think and you know, he said he he doubled down and and yeah. in the post game presser he said that's what we want to do with our defense. We're gonna pin them deep, make them go eighty yards instead of fifty, and already he's just having this defeatist attitude, like thinking about what's gonna happen if they don't get it, yeah. and instead of thinking about what would happen if they do get it, and like it's not hard to just you know, push that thing up the middle for just QB sneak that thing, which of course they, I, somebody tell coach Shink what a QB sneak is because <laughs> he either tries to do the draw people off sides or, yeah. or punt and he doesn't do anything uh, in between, but it's he just, said, it's, I think that's the right play every time. It's truly horrendous um, coaching in my opinion to, 
to not go for it there. If you don't get it, then your defense is good enough to to bend and not break there. And guess what? If you punt the ball, like okay, they did punt it. Yeah. So in literally three plays, they were right back where they were. Like they went on to score a touchdown. Yeah. It's just eighty three yards. Yeah. Like you had the opportunity to put the game away right there. You needed one yard, incredibly low risk situation, high reward, and you gave the ball back to the other team. I don't know if you remember. I don't know if does coach know that when you punt the ball, you give the the ball back to the other team and you have to have it to score. One thing that I couldn't <laughs> believe is like that drove me crazy watching the game is like, okay, you have a fairly conservative game plan calling the plays. You know, we're handing the ball off a lot, only throwing the ball 19 times, a lot of underneath routes, a lot of quick passes. And that's okay. Not fun to watch as a fan, honestly, but I understand this, like methodically moving down the field, just nickel and diming them, but you know, this uh, death by a thousand cuts strategy, but that pairs nicely with being aggressive on fourth down. Like those two things go together well. Kind of wear the other team down. Yes, exactly. And oh, they finally got us to fourth down, but no, of course, we're just going to keep it going. We're just going to slowly but surely move down the field we've seen seen teams do that against missouri and we're like please just punt the ball it's demoralizing to do both to do both call the game conservatively and then also not apply pressure in those high leverage situations at home against a team that you should your offensive line especially run blocking should just destroy them it was just uh, it was just really rough and uh, not fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a few, uh, quite a few other things to complain about that kind of center around that uh, theme of being too conservative. But you can kind of finish the game up here. Yeah, let me run through the the last few uh, moments here. So we punt the ball. Middle Tennessee scores a touchdown. Okay. Well, then the next Missouri possession is the Brady Cook fumble into the end zone, out of bounds for a safety. Luckily, Missouri's defense is good um, and forces Middle Tennessee into a fourth down. They don't convert. Uh, we get the ball back. But honestly, even the last drive where Missouri's trying to put the game away, um, and they, they can't even do that in a way that is satisfying to watch for a fan because they actually had a good play to uh, Weiss to basically end the game, get a nice first down. He made a big play, but the it's the offensive pass interference call on Luther Burden that I think was a bad call. If you watch it back, the defender's grabbing and holding on to him just as much as it, it's very mutual there. And uh, so then we actually do get a first down because of a defensive pass interference. And there's just the ugliest way to win the game and then brady cook's trying to run the clock out running around and i just thought that really bothered me actually (laughs) this whole sequence here could not be less like aesthetically pleasing and just like fun to watch yeah as a football fan yeah i think it's it's really telling that they're just terrified to lose yeah and everything that they do the whole game is centered around not losing yeah and yeah the the thing where Brady is like running around with the ball, like trying to, instead of just taking a knee like a normal person, he's like running around and kind of like, I, it's yeah. just like, just I, to get like, those I'm extra actu- three or four seconds. I'm off. actually bothered by that. Like, well, I've never seen anybody do that ever. You're bothered it, by it just for the sheer goofiness it's of so it. It's so goofy. Yeah. Like, you were playing, you were just trying, I don't know, man. Like, you're so scared. And against Middle Tennessee State, yeah. like, Play like an actual SEC team. Like, just go win the game. Go beat the other team. And I don't know. I've, I've never seen anybody do that before. And to just in that game, like, I just can't help but think it's just hilarious. But that was another thing about the fourth down call is like, okay, maybe in a closer game, maybe there's a scenario where he goes for it there sure. against a better team or something. But he's he said up 13 there they've got to go 83 yards their chances of scoring are a lot less than on the 50 i think it's the right play every time and i'm thinking no please tell me if you're up 
in an SEC game like that, and you have a chance to just have this demoralizing drive late in the game, please tell me there is a situation where you would go for it there. No, yeah. apparently not. I, I think basically any level of football I've ever watched it with that situation, no matter where you are in the game, no matter how many points you're winning or losing by, objectively, it's the correct decision to go for it on fourth. Like, like I don't know. You have four downs to use. You yeah. do not have to punt on fourth down just yeah. because that's what people do sometimes. Like, it is another opportunity to get a first down, and you got to take those risks sometimes, especially in that situation. They need to do the old, like, tush-push play that, like, Jalen Hurts does or some of those NFL teams. Just, yeah. like, get a lineman behind the quarterback and just push him right up the hole. Yeah. Like, it's just not that difficult. Yeah, I just feel like there's, there's you know, a dozen different things they could do there yeah. that's not punt and probably get a first down. Uh, did you have other examples of the conservative yeah. game planning? Yeah, I had a few other things I wanted to say. Uh Man, I'm really I'm not happy that only 19 players on offense have played through two games. Uh, notably, only two running backs. Yeah. Still, like basically, you've you've not unless an injury occurs, you've basically lost your opportunity for any of the freshmen or the younger guys to play. Um, Drinkwitz uh, kind of followed that question up. He was asked about that. Yeah. Um, and I think this week's presser kind of previewing Kansas State. And he basically just kind of alluded to the fact that they're really closely monitoring the redshirt status of players, of freshmen. Uh, they don't want to burn a redshirt too early and not be able to use them or, you know, get them in their four games too early. And then they'd have to burn the redshirt later in the season or something like that. Yeah. Like I, I, that, let me stop you for just a sec. Cause that kind of confused me a little bit. Is he, so is he saying like, we don't want to have South Dakota and middle Tennessee be two of the four games and then. Uh, we've got an injury, and now, like, we've got an injury later in the season, and now if we play whoever, freshman, in, we need them for, like, Kentucky, South Carolina, Georgia, now we've burned their red shirt. Yeah. That's that's what he's thinking that's, there? That sounds like the thought process, because he gave he gave the example of Dalen Carnell's freshman season. He had played four games, and then they kind of, like, wanted to play him or, or needed him in the bowl game, but he couldn't play because well he could but they chose not to play him because it would have been his fifth game and they would have burned the red shirt I see so they're they're really really scared of like burning these red shirt for freshman players whenever they're a lot of them are transferring anyway i promise you it doesn't matter <laughs> right if they need to go in they need to go in and like yeah. i think this was a great opportunity to get them some play you chose not to do that and so now if there is an an, an injury the first time they're getting in there is against georgia yeah. like it's not going to go exactly. well yeah and i just remember gary and i i remember thinking this kind of thing uh a few years ago like preserve the red shirt as much as possible get players another extra year for strength and conditioning like uh, really stretch this out as long as humanly possible give them five years because that's typically when players are at their best you know after they've been in the program for a really long time that's just not the landscape of college football anymore and i think that if players are good enough to play just get them in right now and yeah. I, I remember thinking that way uh probably you know 10 years ago and then gary pinkle kind of just being completely opposed to that thinking and think and he would say if they're good enough to make to contribute we're going to play them and it doesn't matter who they are what right. year they are yeah and i just can't help but think gary pinkle was knew what he was talking about there yeah that makes sense i mean uh yeah that feels like uh, it feels like another one of those things where it's like this weird planning for this weird contingency that is just hypothetical yeah Instead like, of focusing on what's happening right now, don't don't worry about the redshirt situation. Yeah, that's so secondary to just winning the game. Yeah, um, he, I just uh, another note on just so few players are playing. Uh, when uh, Makai Miller got injured in the second quarter against Middle Tennessee State, they just moved Mookie to the slot instead of just bringing somebody else in. So they're just like kind of moved guys around, and it's just like just bring in a younger player. Yeah, just like let's see what what somebody can do. And I think obviously everybody's pretty frustrated with the same horn situation. I think that just everything just kind of falls in line with that. They're just, they're really afraid to, to play the younger players and they're just kind of going for these high floor veterans. Like we know what we're going to get from Cody Schrader and Nathaniel Pete. It's decent. It's not going to win the SEC, but we're probably, they're not going to lose the game for you. Right. Well, I guess Nate Pete kind of did lose the game, <laughs> yeah. but you know what I mean? He's he just he loves opting for these high floor guys that aren't going to typically lose you the game. Yeah, and so it just kind of leaves us with this very unexciting, stagnant offense. 
Yeah. Um, you'd think, uh, I don't know. You'd think, I, I would feel, none of this would bother me too much if the guys that are already out there were, you know, if we had blown out South Dakota and looked good, if we had, you know, put Middle Tennessee away when we had the opportunity, then these questions just don't come up. They're just not necessary. Then, yeah, well, whatever. We're happy. Yeah, I don't care who uh, plays yeah. if, if we're waiting like we should. Yeah. But uh, g- getting these guys, you know, it's it's less now like uh, we need to get these guys some experience so that they're more ready next year or the year after. It's more like... They might be better. Uh, yeah, we <laughs> should consider putting these guys out there because they might make the team better right now. Yeah, we might be more explosive. Um, do you think that if... Uh, we were playing against a better team they might opt to be more aggressive like it's you know we're playing middle, t- middle tennessee state we don't have to play our best to win and we're probably going to win that game like nine and a half out of ten times even if we don't play our best uh, maybe not nine and a half but um yeah do you think that there's a little bit more of a like kind of do or die type type style of play if we're playing against a kansas state for example well we're gonna find out because missouri's gonna be losing against kansas state mm-hmm. uh most likely uh, most likely for a lot of the game. And we're going to see what happens when you have to get the ball down the field yeah. and score touchdowns. But I, um, dang it, I had something I was going to say about that. The, what did you say again? Uh, like, do you think we'll see them have more of a kind of a uh, more aggressive do or die type play style whenever they know they have to be more explosive to win? Because they can just kind of sit on the ball and win and still win against some of these other teams. Right, right, right. So um, tr- I'm trying to trying to put myself in, Coach Drinkwitz mindset. And I'm I'm thinking about the fourth and one punt. And just it's kind of hilarious. If I'm putting myself in his shoes, how terribly that backfired on him for Middle Tennessee to score the touchdown and then the next Missouri drive to be the fumble out of bounds for a safety. That was just like the ultimate uh if that's there was, why you don't do it. If there was anything we could have done to yeah. like get us out of this timeline of yeah. events we should have done it it would have been and to just get the fourth down. going for it on fourth would have been that even if you don't get it changes everything but right. uh kind of hilarious that he that it just went as poorly as it possibly could there when you're thinking okay well whatever we punt the ball even if they score a touchdown we get the ball back run out the rest of the clock you know game over yeah but but you have the safety which what, is just I mean, hilarious what are you indirectly telling your team like i don't trust you to get this like I mean, I think that if you're playing in this game and you're you're getting the calls from the coach, you're thinking like we're not going for this right now. Yeah. Like w- why? Like I don't know. I just feel like even if you go for it and don't get it, at least it's like hey, we did all we could do. The coach trusted us to, to do it and it didn't work that time. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh I think my answer to your question basically is yes, we will see them be more aggressive, but at this point it's going to be because the offense starts slow exactly. and we're losing and we to. have to go for it. We have to air it out a little bit more yeah. to make something happen, to get back in the game. Yeah, we spent so much time being angry with Brady Cook and how incredibly average he's been. Um, and, you know, that's just like the more I watch him and the, the more I watch Coach Drink, which just absolutely put his entire job and reputation on the line to defend him, yeah. makes me think that they're just this weird little, like, match made in heaven for each other where... Brady's just looking to do everything he's asked to do because he's a good coachable player. Yeah. But coach, I, I just the more I, I think about it though, the more I just realize that this is just totally co- Coach Drinkwood's fault. That he's not asking Brady to do much, but that's the problem. And yeah. like he's not trusting him to just go out there and play and be an athlete. And I was watching Middle Tennessee State's quarterback last last week. Uh, can't remember his name. Uh, Variado. Yeah. Who honestly like is not a super talented guy probably he's never going to play for an sec team or anything like that but he just was playing his butt off he had nothing to lose yeah he was playing so hard and he wasn't thinking about anything he was just going out there and doing exactly what he knows how to do and he was making plays just by going out there and playing yes it just just, it felt like his game was free and easy exactly yeah and i feel like i just see brady just being stuck in the mud so much like processing so slowly because he's just thinking about everything he's got to go through and just isn't being an athlete and yeah i just i feel like you could just see that r- so clearly in this middle tennessee state game and i just think that's 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 coaching so then 
to talk about the quarterback some more, um, obviously you've wanted to see Sam Horn out there this whole time, basically. And we kind of, before this game, we were kind of like, okay, I guess we're resigned to the fact that it's going to be Cook. As far as the coaching staff is concerned, he's their guy. What can we get from that? Can we rally around him? And can he take us, elevate his game, take us to the next level? That's, it didn't happen. It's probably not going to happen. It could still happen, but it's foolish to plan on that happening. Um, But my question basically is, how could we expect anything more from Sam Horn when it's clear that this game plan is just so, it's actually the opposite. It does not complement Sam Horn's skill set. Sam Horn's skill set is to use his arm, air it out, and make some plays down the field. Yeah. In theory, because we haven't actually seen it because he doesn't get very many opportunities, but yeah. in theory, that's his style. And does it just He's just too much, of a, too much of a, gl- of a gunslinger for this offense. It's just I hate that that like, feels true. I, I actually think it might be. like He just doesn't vibe with what they want to do. And it's just frustrating that we, I think that's why it is so frustrating is because he just cannot get a real shot to go out there and just see what he can do. And yeah, he probably would do things that the coaches don't want him to do. So therefore they're going to play Brady Cook instead because he just does everything they want him to do. I'm looking up, um, I'm looking up Connor Bazelak's stats from 2020 right now. Because I know for a fact he had some games where he was just out there slinging it. And Connor Bazelak threw the ball 324 times in 2020. Uh, That was the 10-game SEC-only schedule. Threw the ball 49 times against Arkansas, 40 times against Florida, 30-plus times against Mississippi State, Kentucky, LSU, 400-yard passing game against LSU. And that's just so unbelievable that this is the same offense that we're watching that was actually putting up points. And somebody uh, in Discord pointed out, well, for a little while we had Tyler Beatty. Yeah. And I feel like after watching this offense for four years now, the offense needs either an just a transcendent probably has to be dual threat quarterback or needs a transcendent pass catching elite running back. Yeah. Like it almost doesn't matter. I mean, Luther Burton's having a good season and he's going to, he is on track because of how much they're targeting him and how often Brady cook looks at nobody else on a drop back. He's going to have a good season stats wise, but when when you have to rely on the quarterback throwing you the ball several yards away versus handing it to you in the backfield, like Tyler Beatty had the opportunity to, then uh, there's just that much more riding on you even touching the ball. And I don't know. I just yeah, can't. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. When, when uh, Ed Drinkwitz won season at App State, when they went like 12-1, and one, yeah. uh, I was trying to think of his, of his name before I, I was going to make this point, but he they had an excellent running back who was just carried the team basically and he went on to play in the nfl yeah um but yeah it's a great point like he just kind of needs uh a tyler Beatty or some kind of really plus darrington evans yes some uh incredible plus athlete to make this thing go and brady cook is not that but i don't know man it's just it's so frustrating um just but, kind of seeing this team be exactly what it was last year. It's just made me uh, less interested in the quarterback competition that doesn't really exist anymore because yeah, yeah. it's over at this point. Um, I don't think I don't think Sam Horn was ever going to be able to do what we thought he could do. Basically, yeah. you might be right. Uh, um, where to go from here? Um, I have a little bit more on Drink's post game press conference. Um, he was asked about only throwing the ball 19 times. He said that was not the game plan at all to only throw the ball 19 times. I feel like he says something like that a lot. They want to get more opportunities for Theo Weiss. And uh, yeah, I mentioned earlier, but we don't ever want to overthrow Luther, which I do get to some extent. 
He was disappointed in the O-line play. Uh, one note, he said uh, they didn't expect to struggle as bad as they did with pressure. Well, sure, but uh, I can't help but notice watching the game that nobody expected there to be any pass rush, it felt like. It felt like Brady Cook didn't expect there to be guys in his face. He mentioned it last week in the presser, yeah. like previewing uh, Middle Tennessee State, that Cody Schrader and Nathaniel Pete were going to have to be ready to pick up blitzes. True. So, like, you knew it was going to happen. Yeah. So, they didn't expect it to go as poorly as it did. I guess we didn't either. Um, we're going to kind of, at some point here, we're going to kind of transition to the Kansas State game via Coach Drink's press conference yesterday, but, um, and then we'll probably have some more thoughts to kind of wrap everything up after that, but uh, anything more about the Middle Tennessee State game specifically? I think that's all the complaining I can, I can think of for now. Okay. Well, we'll get back to probably some more complaints in a minute. So now, uh, Coach Drink talking about Kansas State. Uh, we talked a little bit about introducing competition at the right guard position. Says he wants to get Nate Pete more involved. Uh, he was asked specifically about the play calling situation, and uh, who I'm not sure who asked the question, but it was nicely worded to kind of. It wasn't like a high pressure question, but um, Drink did say Kirby calls the plays and. When the offense is not out there, the entire offensive staff is discussing how things are going, but Kirby's calling the plays. And that's how it's always been when he's been, when Drink was OC for a different head coach, that's how they did things, so they're doing it like that. Uh, He also mentioned uh, Chad Bailey. They expected him to be a full participant Wednesday in practice, and he said, we'll see if he can give us a couple series. Um, But then the depth chart came out, uh, Chad Bailey's not on there. Didn't really expect that. But like I said earlier, no changes on the offensive line. And we're going to need the offensive line to step up because we're playing Kansas State, who is 2-0. and um, And they have a good pass rush. They have a good defense. We talked about them just a few weeks ago in our season preview that they're just very well coached, very fundamentally sound. And what they've done so far this year in two games that you can't get a whole lot from, but they've been the opposite of Missouri. Basically they went out and shut out SEMO and won that game in week one, 45 to zero, which is the opposite of what Missouri looked like versus South Dakota. And then, uh, had a little bit of a first half scare against Troy. We're only up 14 to 10 at halftime, but Overcame that, won that game in week two, 42 to 13. So after two weeks, uh, this team that beat Mizzou 40 to 12 last year has just, they're ranked 15th in the country and they've shown uh, against lesser competition that they can take care of business in a way that is just astonishingly different from missouri yeah it, it's just exactly what we wanted to see out of missouri this season and just completely put our minds at ease and to the point where we feel like we didn't really learn anything and that's kind of where we are with kansas state i don't think we we truly know how good they are yet they haven't really been tested i watched the first couple series of the semo game they really did kind of struggle in that those first couple series through an interception um you know i think will howard their quarterback is is solid not elite uh, but he has the privilege of playing with a very, very good offensive line, and so typically he doesn't have to feel a lot of pressure. Yeah, and uh, they have a really good playmaker in Philip Brooks um, on offense. He's a wide receiver, also return specialist, and they'll hand it to him on uh, sweeps and stuff like that. Uh, he was huge in the game against Missouri last year, and he's already shown up scoring touchdowns in multiple ways this year for Kansas State. So he's really good. Um, they lose Deuce Vaughn. Uh, they pick up a couple running backs in the transfer portal. I think their rushing offense is definitely taking a step back this year from where it was last year. Kansas state fans expected the passing offense with Will Howard to bridge the gap and make their offense potentially even more dangerous this year. Still yet to be seen, but the potential is still there. Um, he has thrown an interception, one interception in each of their first two games. So we'd love to see that continue. 
Um, defensively, they use that three-man front, but then they are going to bring any combination of three linebackers on pretty much any down and distance. Sometimes they'll only rush those three front guys and drop everybody back. Sometimes they're bringing all six guys at the quarterback. Um, they really like to just switch up there and disguise their blitzes and move guys around, um, incorporate the safeties and corners on uh, getting after the quarterback. That's going to be... yeah. I think that's one thing that was so difficult last year was obviously pretty uh, pretty tough environment to play in. I think Kansas State was just a whole lot better than I think we thought they were going to be. They just came out and hit us in the mouth. We didn't know what to do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, defensively, they are so, so good. They're well coached. They disguise what they're going to do really well. And I think that's one thing that maybe uh, Brady has not developed super super well yet is how to kind of read pre-snap what what's going to happen where you know where is he going with the ball uh it's not going to do much good in this game and i don't i don't think it's going to go super well again they're going to change it up on you yeah yeah they'll be showing all six guys coming at the quarterback and then drop three of them back to their normal linebacker position so yeah um i don't envy uh anybody's job there on the offensive line or brady cook for that matter one thing that seemed to improve as the game went on against Middle Tennessee was early on, it seemed like Cook could not find anybody to check the ball down to, which is strange for him. It seemed like maybe the game plan was to focus on things down the field a little bit more, but the defense was bringing pressure, and for some reason, we couldn't find the check down early. That improved in the second half, but... Um, there's still another, uh, he could easily have two interceptions himself. He had one that just kind of floated over the middle that bounced off the defender's hands. But, uh, getting back to Kansas state, I just, you, we're going to have to find receivers earlier in their routes to make this work. Mm-hmm. I was watching back, um, I pretty much watched all of Brady's dropbacks from, the middle Tennessee game and just over and over again, I'm seeing him look, his first read is down the field, intermediate deep. It's usually Luther burden. Then I'm seeing him just basically ignore underneath routes where guys are wide open with leverage immediately out of their break. They're making a cut. And if the ball was there, it'd be a big play at least move the chains. But by the time Brady sees them, they're all the way across the middle of the field. The defense has passed them off to another guy in the zone or they've caught back up to the play and the opportunity's not there. And sometimes though, they're still open enough to make the throw. But then that's where the play stops. Yeah, there's no like momentum of like the the running back or the receiver or whoever like they're not catching it in stride and like turning it upfield because it's too late at that point it's too late all they can do is just kind of catch it and fall down or get tackled and half the time that throws a little bit behind or high too uh i watched that game twice basically so well congratulations Uh, i'm still remembering things about it uh but if they if the if missouri's offense can if brady cook can make a concerted effort to get off of that first read faster then there's an opportunity to make more plays yep if he can't get off that first read faster throw it up to the guy more yeah Uh, don't even get off of it just throw it i think that's one thing i want him to do so badly sometimes it's like when i'm watching even other, other college football teams it's like they're playing so much more confidently if we make a mistake yeah fine like we'll we'll figure it out it's a long game yes yeah. uh but like we're so afraid to you know take any risks and we never just do a 50 50 ball like we never just throw it up to luther burden and, and let him you know we actually did it one time in this in this game uh, in middle tennessee state game and it worked out really well yeah like we have to be more aggressive and throwing the ball down the field trust your receivers and on the touchdown pass to weiss um a really good looking play good pass good throw but it was like he's He's basically covered, but I'm just going to throw it up to where my tall receiver can go get it. Yeah. And he did. Yeah, I think, and probably one of the most frustrating things watching Brady try to process or go through his progressions is like, he'll just be standing there in the pocket, 
like not looking at all. Like he's just laser focused on somewhere, on someone. And there's like all this stuff going on around him and he has no idea. He's about to get sacked. He has no idea that like the, the pockets collapsed and everybody's just coming in on him and he's just standing still as a statue, like with his just looking straight ahead at, at somebody waiting for them to get open or whatever. There was one specific play where I think it should have probably been a touchdown to Weiss early where it was tipped coming out of his hand like from behind. And I don't think he had any idea that that defender was there about to strip him. Yeah, his his pocket awareness was really really bad, and, and it's another example State, of Mississippi State, uh, Middle Tennessee State. And he was one of those long, like one of those long names, Middle Tennessee State University. <laughs> uh, but that was another play where if you just get rid of that ball sooner, you you shouldn't need to see your receiver uh, with separation. Mm-hmm. You should know my guy can get separation. I just need to throw it where he's going to be. Yeah, let him adjust. Okay, <laughs> we, we 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 regressed a little bit. Like, okay, yeah, but Kansas State, back to Kansas State. Kansas State. Uh, yeah. So find the underneath routes quicker. Mm-hmm. Throw it up. Let your receiver go make a play. Yeah, you're gonna maybe, have to. The offense maybe has something there. No way in the world are we marching into this game with the same game plan, the same aggress, no, level of aggressiveness, and thinking we're gonna win this game. There's go no watch Badiato and number fifteen. Yeah. Watch what they were doing. Exactly. Just watch those guys just leave it all out there and just play as hard as they possibly can, like their lives depend on it. Uh, I'm pretty sure they converted a fourth and seven at one point, trying to get back in the game. And then they had a fourth down a fourth down touchdown uh, that never should have happened. They like got an extra play because they false started. <laughs> uh, Kansas State, Kansas State, Kansas State. <laughs> um, Kansas State, uh, Missouri's defense, I feel like will do an okay job stopping the run Mm -hmm. there's going to be some plays where we're not happy because they um gash us a couple times but for the most part i've been pretty happy with missouri's run defense and i think kansas state doesn't have deuce vaughn so they should expect a little bit tougher time running on the road against missouri it's gonna really be can we get a pass rush going? Yeah, I've been really encouraged by uh, the defensive line so far. You know, last the first game it was Johnny Walker who stepped up and was just everywhere. played played really well this past week. I thought Niles Gaddy was great. Absolutely, um, I made some really big plays. Had a couple sacks. Like he he was playing great and kind of just perfectly filled in as that experienced guy coming up from FCS who you know kind of had the the body type and just needed uh needed an opportunity and so far he's playing really well yeah, announcer accidentally called him a freshman at one point oh i think i like remember oh that. i wish like just, yeah exactly <laughs> no he'd be on the bench yeah that's 100 like percent true <laughs> uh but you know so i think that's going to be the key to the game is just make will howard have to move around in the pocket make him uncomfortable because he has no problem just firing it away yeah and even when guys aren't open he's gonna throw it anyway and Typically, just over the course of a game against a lesser opponent, he's just going to have his way, With especially with the offensive line. He just hasn't really faced much pressure. He's only been sacked one time all season. So that has to change um, against Missouri. Like, if, if Missouri's getting pressure, then, you know, we might see a little bit different Will Howard. Um, but if Speed him up a little bit, make mm-hmm. him make a couple bad throws. Yep. If they're not getting pressure, then he's just going to go to town. Probably at this point, Brady Cook deserves to have an interception next to his name. Just some of the throws that he's yeah, made. Yeah, it's but like it's like they're again they're afraid to have that interception yeah. in a stat line. Yeah. Just stop thinking about it yeah. and just go play. At the same time, I feel like Missouri's defense has had a couple opportunities to come away with a turnover where the like there was a a strip uh, in the Middle Tennessee game. The ball just bounced out of bounds. Yeah, still uh, no no turnovers yet. Exactly. So I feel like probably in this game we see the offense turn it over well brady made up for no turn no interceptions with the uh fumble safety situation yeah, I guess there. I meant missouri has not forced a turnover yeah yet. Yeah, yeah so but I, i'm thinking we probably see one from each team in this one yeah and and maybe that just helps him just just get it just get it over with yeah loosen up a little bit but i still go back to i think uh I think it's more on. It's definitely more on the uh, coaching staff and the game plan than yeah. him. At this yeah, point. I, I, I don't. I think um, I would be insane to think that really anything is going to change too much. I think that I keep just uh, 
buying this lie that uh, we've been sold over and over and over that things will change. Um, I think that if, but if I have to hope at all that think that this game will be different is just that the the level of opponent is different. We can't come in and just play to not lose and beat Kansas State. We're not going to do that ever. So hopefully they realize that. Hopefully they realize we're going to have to play some with some aggression. Man, I I will be so devastated. Which, at, but I probably won't be shocked if we just get boat raced again. Uh, I mean, last year's game barely even resembled like the sport of football. We yeah. were getting beat so bad, like we could barely complete a pass. Yeah, um, it was like pouring down rain. Like I just. I, and it was so early in the season, it was just devastating. And so, obviously, this game has been circled on the calendar for a year. It's a big deal for so many reasons. It's honestly, maybe Coach Drinkwitz and his tenure at Missouri is depending on on this game. And, you know, I don't know if Missouri can win this game. I really don't know if they can. But I would love to see them come out, play aggressive, compete, just actually have an entertaining football game where we're going back and forth. Uh, plays are being made on both sides. I just want to see an entertaining football game. Unfortunately, there's not really any good reason to expect that. I'm not expecting that. No, I'm just saying I'd love. I would just be thrilled if that if that did happen. But sure, I, would be nice. I just don't know that that will. I think uh, I think there's a potential that this first half against Kansas State is going to be some of the worst offense we've ever seen from both teams i think it's going to be a slog the first half i think both defenses are going to look good early i think kansas state will uh i think no i think missouri's offense will just be what we know it to be enough that kansas state is not going to have to do anything too crazy to win this game yeah yeah i mean that's what missouri does they're going to want to shorten the game yeah make it ugly the first half might be pretty close we might go into halftime where this thing is 10 to 7 or something but I, like I feel that. like Kansas State just loves that. That's like It's like uh, Batman and Bane. They're perfectly like Kansas comfortable. State is going to be like, oh, this is what you want to do? Okay. Yep. Yep. This is just not This is not a good matchup. Um, Missouri has proved they're, they're not ready to be good yet. Uh, and I'm just afraid this is going to be really ugly again. Kansas State's favored by five, five and points, half. five and a half. It was like three, then four and a I half. I saw it at three and, and a half, half first, which I thought... Man, that seems yeah. pretty low. There was a correction. Yeah, I still think it's too low. Um, I think Kansas State covers, but I don't think it's a blowout just because both teams are okay with not doing much for a while. Uh, give me Kansas State wins this 27 to 20. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, I'm going to say Kansas State 35-13. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping, uh, that's like, uh, yeah, 14 ish point difference from my prediction. Mm. I would really like it to be a one score game. I feel like Vegas knows what they're doing a little bit here, but Missouri has shown, uh, that they don't want to have anything to do with, um, covering the spread. The yeah. over under is like, 48 i think yeah i'm not sure i'm just under that yeah Yeah. it is yeah i would man just there was nothing more demoralizing than the game just being over in the first quarter which is what happened last year so please let's just let's just have a fun football game and we'll see before we uh we made our predictions here before we get to sec pick them uh we didn't want to be doing this but where are we at with drink right now because People are on the fire drink bandwagon or starting up the train. Um, I don't blame you, but it's two games into the season. We're already doing this. We haven't even lost yet, but it's just like, oh, the way things look, it's like yeah. every close game. I mean, yeah. every toss-up game, every coin flip is going to be yep. a loss. I want to point out there are other SEC fan bases going through some similar things right now where things haven't looked as good as they wanted it to early. I feel like Florida fans are panicky. South Carolina fans aren't doing awesome. Kentucky fans are a little nervous. I feel like there's opportunity still to just win a couple of these games because we're talking about two bad teams sometimes. And I feel like Florida did that against us last year. 
Um, we did that against South Carolina where it was like, yeah. oh, you don't want to win? Okay, I guess we'll do it. Yeah, honestly, by the end of like the SEC slate, a lot of times, like, the, I don't know, like sometimes you just get to these randomly really soft performances from some of those teams, just really good opportunities to win SEC games. And like I on at this point, like, and maybe I just have a little bit of PTSD after what we saw against Kansas State last year and how just how incredibly solid they are in every way. Mm-hmm. Like I just feel like this is one of the least winnable games on the schedule outside of Georgia. And I mean, I, I don't know. Something about this game. They are just, kind of like the opposite of Missouri. Yeah. Just e- like everything they do well is is what we don't do well. And they've, I just, they've been struggling a tad more this year than usual with penalties. And so there's that. Missouri hasn't been doing much better though. Uh, but the fact of the matter is we play Kansas State, then we play Memphis and then Vanderbilt. So decent chance we're four and one uh, going into the LSU game. Yeah. And then you got the entire rest of the SEC slate where you only need to get, in theory, you only need to get three wins to get to seven and and improve. And then who knows what happens in a bowl game. Right. You could be looking at a, you know, Texas Bowl champion eight win Tiger team in Drink's fourth year. Yeah. But I feel like we're at a weird spot right now where it's like either be good or be either be good or lose games. Yeah. Be good or let's see somebody else. Seriously. Like let's put let's put in some younger players. Um so I think yeah, I think Kansas State is going to tell us a lot if we just get absolutely destroyed again. Um I I mean, I don't know. I would like to think everything's off the table at that point. I, I don't think that Coach Trinkwitz would is going to be fired midseason. No. And I think it's probably not even that constructive to go there, really, or else you're just going to be miserable all season because yeah, it's, cra- it's not going to yeah, happen. It, crazy things would have to happen. They'd have to like, lose to Memphis and Vanderbilt. Yeah, I 100% think he could be fired at the end of the season. Yeah. We'll talk about it when we get there. But for now, like, but if but if they do just get their butts handed to them in this game, like, I'm going to read back, I'm going to be right back there, like, wanting to see Sam Horn. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not going away on the Sam Horn train, like, because I think I know what we have potentially. And, you know, I'm not going to go away on seeing some of these younger players, um, just trying to see what, what we have and salvage the future. Yeah. I still can't help but feel like, (laughs) I feel like the way it would go and this is just my, the negative mindset speaking right now, but the way it would go would be like, okay, we put Sam Horn out there and now we realize no, actually, only bad things are happening with the offense. But at least we gave ourselves that opportunity. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, just prove it to me that he can't play. That's all I want to know. I guess, yeah. I just, just tell me it's not going to, just let me see it with my own eyes because at this point, I don't trust the coaching staff. Six and six. Uh, DRF. She seems kind of aggressive as yeah. far as like being willing to make changes and stuff. Yep. I feel like after Conzo Martin's last season as basketball head coach, we were sitting there going, uh, I think you bring him back another year. We uh, did. Well, uh, I mean, I feel like it was like not as super, super clear cut. Maybe it was not necessarily. I think we were ready. It was pretty similar to this situation, honestly, where it was like, if we were a fast-paced team scoring a bunch of points but losing quite a bit, that'd be one thing. But to not be winning enough and it be borderline unwatchable play on the court for basketball, that was like too much. And we're we're we've been we're in that territory. We were in that territory last year, hoping something would change. I feel like we're right back there where it's like yeah. we're losing and it's miserable to watch. Yeah, I think if I think if we just keep going, we're two and zero. We haven't lost yet. This I, th- year. I think if we just keep going at this rate, and uh, if we're six and six, and just nothing spectacular happens whatsoever, I th- I think there's a pretty good chance he's gone. But we'll get there. Okay. I don't. Want, we, yeah, we don't get want to get ahead of ourselves here. We're still two and zero. There's a chance uh, we turn things around. Maybe we see more against real competition than uh, that. May, maybe the coaching staff was just thinking they didn't need to do anything special in these first two games wouldn't that be a nice little pleasant surprise they just come out and just look totally different and, and i don't even i don't even go drink what's that's, like that's absurd smiling with his uh diet coke like eh, you guys didn't, <laughs> you didn't think we had it in you oh man we're like yeah dialing up like long balls and they're just we're just torching them 
Haven't seen a flea flicker in forever. That's true. Where are those like, where are those kind of plays gone? No. Too risky. No. Yeah. Can't do that. All right. We're predicting a loss. Hate to do it, but it's the only sensible thing to do. Now, let's pick the rest of the SEC slate. Does that sound good? Sounds great. Actually have conference matchups this week. We do. Big games coming. How'd we do last week? Okie dokie. Last week, we had a big slate of games. Cameron, you got 11 points. Kyle got 12. I got 11. And the guest pickers got 14. Oh, my gosh. Bringing our season totals to the three of us all have 19. The guest pickers have 21. Shout out Tim. Yeah. Shout out Tim, guest picker last week. Excellent work. Guest picker this week is Britt. Welcome in. Good luck, Britt. Good luck to you. Hopefully, not good luck. Oh. Wow. wow. That's, That's not very cordial. Harsh. Well, is what it is. You want to hear that music? Yeah. Oh, Hopefully, nice. nobody tell EA Sports that we're using this. Yeah, talk over it so it can't yeah, really yeah. figure it Taco. out. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Our first game this week is number 14, LSU at Mississippi State. LSU is a nine and a half point favorite. You like Mississippi State at all this year? I'm going to be honest. I, like Mississippi State's kind of like that one team that just like, I don't really know what they're doing down there. They're kind of just existing. Not on Missouri's schedule enough. What yeah, do you want us to do? We don't play them very often. Like, I don't know. They're probably they're always like, like fringe top 25. Yeah, they're always like just kind of solid. Yeah. Never great, never terrible. Um, they're at home, though. Yeah, it could be interesting. I think LSU will win. Me too. LSU for everybody. Next up is South Carolina at number one, Georgia. Georgia is a 27 and a half point favorite. Imagine being favored like that in a conference game. After you like haven't really played that well. Yeah. Couldn't couldn't be us. Couldn't be us. Uh and even if we were, we the other team would cover. Uh yeah, Georgia has started off both of their games against terrible opponents, like really slowly, and then they just still end up blowing them out. But yeah. Uh, I I don't think Georgia's as good as they were last year, but that doesn't matter in this game. They'll still win. Yep, Georgia. Georgia all around. Next up is Vanderbilt at UNLV. Vanderbilt is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Barry Odom. Did you say at UNLV? Yes. Ooh, Barry Odom. Bad uh, history uh, losing to Vanderbilt. Oh, my gosh. I was going to pick UNLV until you just said that. I picked Vanderbilt. Give me UNLV. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Britt takes Vandy. Um, yeah, give me UNLV. I think Ooh. I think they'll, uh, the fighting Barry. Barry. They're going to pull it off. Next up is number 11, Tennessee at Florida. Tennessee is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Hmm. Uh, I think Tennessee's going to win in cover. Yeah, I'm with you there. My... Uh, Florida sucks narrative needs to be reaffirmed here. Absolutely. Tennessee all around. Akron at Kentucky. Kentucky is a 25 and a half point favorite. Oh, probably Kentucky will win that one. (laughs) Uh, They'll win it like 12 to (laughs) nine. You think? (laughs) You're on that. You're on that. Kentucky's bad. Hey, but they're bad. They're fraudulent. Have I said that yet this year? 28-17, 28-17, they beat Eastern Kentucky last week. I don't even know if you can say Kentucky's fraudulent because nobody thinks they're good anyway, but they're fraudulent. Wow. You th- you, th- you thought they were, you kind of liked them. Yeah. In preseason, I still right? think they're going to beat Missouri. You were but... making the case, and I was kind of like believing you a little bit. Well, they're going to destroy we'll Akron. We'll see. Kyle putting down the fraudulent stamp early. Yeah. Everybody's on Kentucky. BYU at Arkansas. Arkansas is a seven and a half point favorite. BYU doesn't have Puka Nakua anymore. True. <laughs> Lighten it up in the NFL. That's true. Uh, give me Arkansas. Anybody like BYU here? Uh, no. Britt takes Arkansas. I also take Arkansas. Do it. I uh, I like just. I just don't want Arkansas to win games. I don't know. I don't. I don't go. You don't want to hedge. 
No, I just uh, give me BYU. Mm, I want Arkansas to be bad. I respect that. Don't win any games. Giving them some bulletin board material. Oh, yeah. They're going to listen to this. They're going to be fired up. <laughs> Sorry, BYU. Next up is Georgia Tech at number 17, Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a 18 and a half point favorite. Ole Miss in the fight of their life last week against Tulane. They won, though. You're on that Tulane train, yeah, you said? Yeah, I like Tulane. Mm-hmm. They were up early, but kind of fizzled out. We'll probably never pick them again. No. Falling off there. Yeah, that was their chance to prove that they're legit. They were at home, couldn't pull it off. Ole Miss will win this one, too. I agree. Ole Miss for everybody. Got a couple upsets sprinkled in there. Kind of a boring slate. Yep. Oh, producer Cameron picked Nebraska last week. We'll get to Nebraska oh, in a minute. Shoot. Let's, let's continue, continue. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Last and certainly least. Oh, here it is. <laughs> Northern Illinois at Nebraska. Nebraska is a 10 and a half point favorite. Give so, me, give me Nebraska. <laughs> Uh, what was that final score against Colorado? I don't know <laughs> because I stopped watching. Yeah, I don't blame you there. Uh, is Colorado going to win the national championship game? I hope so. <laughs> Honestly, I'm all aboard the Colorado train. Like, if Missouri keeps being as not fun to watch as they are, I will still watch every game, but also try to cleanse my palate with some Colorado Buffalo Seriously, football. That's a fun brand of football, man. Uh, is this the last time you're going to pick Nebraska all season? It might be. <laughs> uh, who are they playing? Northern Illinois. Yeah, give me them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess I'll go Nebraska. You picked Northern Illinois. Yeah. All right, give me them, you said. <laughs> what, Britt takes Nebraska? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, wow. Disappointed. Man, you were doing a lot of contrarian stuff this week. Yep. It'll pay well, off. We will... Uh, you're going to be... At the bottom of the pack, the rest it'll of it'll balance out. One of them will balance the other one out. I'll get one of them. Maybe. Yeah, that's it. We'll see what happens. All right. See um, you on the gridiron. See you on the gridiron. Um, we, you know, Missouri's two and zero, guys. That's the thing. Enjoy it. Missouri's two and zero. Won't last. Ten games left on this season. Who knows what happens after that? You know, who knows what the future holds? But. All I know is, uh, all I know is Brady Cook, true son, and I support the coaching staff's decision to put him out there, and I just want to see more Brady Cook all day long, baby. Just had to throw that extra baby in there. Are we still recording? Like, what was that? Yeah, was that real? I just want people yeah. to know Brady Cook is the guy. You giving the you giving the endorsement? I'm doubling, tripling down. My goodness. <laughs> See how that works for me. Yeah, let's see. All right, you want me to read some names? Yeah. <laughs> uh, special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt Treese, Brian Smith, Ryan Deemore, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, Tim Keen, Tyler Harsel, Brandon Groffalo, Brandon Hanks, Matthew Tilly, and Luis Hernandez. Thank you. Just like hit you all at once. Like We've been a really negative. i got to throw in one little positive <laughs> thing here. Thank you very much, gentlemen. We love you so much. You can find this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter at Missouri Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. I want, can, I want somebody to be mad that I'm still supporting. Code. It'll happen. You can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. He's <laughs> trying to do the helium thing. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Uh, thank you everyone for listening we will see you next week